0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Now, I do a lot of hospice work, and I've recently wanted to do a story about different situations, and we came up with one for this week's show I'm very excited about, actually. You know, Supporting young children during a sibling's life-threatening illness is beyond challenging. The questions for the sibling of the patient are vast. Did I make my sibling sick? Will I get sick, too? Why is he or she getting all the attention? Is it my fault that my sibling is sick? Do my parents not love me because I'm not sick? So many questions to these little people who are a witness to their sibling's greatest challenge, diagnosis, cancer. So stay tuned to learn more. It's an important topic and it's one that really needs to be discussed. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reconnective Healing Practitioner, Certified Vibrational Sound Therapist, and Positive Psychology Practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from so that you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com energyawareness. My guest is Sally Lockridge a professional artist who previously practiced clinical psychology in Vermont for over 25 years. Sally was raised by creative, curious parents and trained as a developmental psychologist. She believes strongly in the power of art in its many forms to foster understanding, connection, and healing. She has co-authored three books, The Divorce Workbook, Changing Families, and My Kind of Family, and is the author of Rad Art, A Journey Through Radiation Treatment, as well as a book that is our topic for discussion, Daniel and His Starry Night Blanket, which has recently won two book awards. She won the 2015 Gellert Burgess Book Award Gold Medal in the Lifestyle, Emotions, and Feelings category, and Honorable Mention in the 2015 New England Book Festival for the Children's Books category. So... We're very happy that she's able to join us here. Welcome to the show, Sally. Thank you for joining us. How are you being? Thank you. I am delighted to be with you to have this conversation because
0: it's so important for these families that are on these very tough journeys.
1: Yes, absolutely they are. I see it a lot. And first... Before we go there, let me, you know, I'm sure you're very excited to be recognized with such acclaimed awards. I just want to say congratulations. That is really cool. That is such a big deal, I think. So congratulations you. on that. <laughs> you know, this is a topic that, first of all, I think it's difficult for people. When you hear the words cancer, it's hard. When you hear it for a child, I think it's even harder. Uh, the I children agree. don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand what's going on, and sometimes the families don't, and the little people, you know, in the family, they don't know what's going on. It's difficult at best. So, your book, Daniel and His Starry Night Blanket, was originally a picture book. Tracing a child's emotional growth. But after your own personal journey with cancer, you changed that book into the story of a young sibling impacted by his sister's cancer journey. So, why change the first book rather than write another new book?
0: I had begun illustrations. I actually, when I did this book, I started by painting and then writing. I love to paint and I've done it all my life, even when I was in practice as a child and family psychologist. Uh, And I got this idea of writing and illustrating a book that would show the progression of a young child through early development. And I came up with this idea of the starry night blanket. Actually, I had given each of my children when they were born uh, a small blanket that I made for them, that notion of the security blanket. Uh, it could mm-hmm. be a security teddy bear, but in this case, we're using blankets. And I mm-hmm. wanted to show the child's changing use of the blanket as he got older. Uh, and as you mentioned, I changed the story. Um, I had been thinking about what challenges to introduce in the book for this young, healthy child. Um, it could have been a move, the family moving somewhere, it could have been parents having trouble or it could have been illness, lots of different things. Then I got breast cancer um, a few years ago, and that was a difficult journey, but I'm fine now. One of the things I noticed certainly when I was in treatment was how much my family, my husband and my children, supported me, but also how much cancer impacts the whole family. And my kids are adult kids, but it still does affect them. And then I began to think about what it would be like for this young child, Daniel, in the, in the book I was doing, to um, have an older sibling. Um, in this case, she was um, about seven or so when she was diagnosed. Um, and then think about and show in the book um, the impact on her, I mean, I'm sorry, on him of his sister's illness. And certainly it impacts the parents tremendously as well. And one of the the um, tough things is how do you as parents juggle the needs of healthy and well children when your world is upside down?
1: And, you know, you, first of all, you- you not only wrote the book, but you illustrated it. So, wow, kudos to you. I could probably write a book, but I don't know. I can't draw off a bean. So, you know, I saw that, and I, was, I thought, wow, she illustrated it as well. It's really great because the pictures go, flow so beautifully with the, with the story. And the story, it, it, this is almost to me, it's a short book. It's almost to me like a bedtime story in that it's that length. You can read it relatively quickly, but it's so succinct, and it tells – the progression really well, and it, it gives the points, the lessons, and or how to manage these challenges so well without being a hundred-page book that may That's end right. up becoming boring.
0: I, I, yeah, I wanted it something that, uh, to appeal to children through the pictures, through the story, and there is um, a kind of surprise ending that I'm not going to give away at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, so I wanted it to appeal to the children; um, they can follow the characters. They can follow the progression of the of the use of the blanket, which appears on not all pages, but almost all of them. His sister Kate wears red heart earrings throughout the the story. I know from my own mm-hmm. kids as well as all the kids I had in treatment. They, they like to look for familiar things and find them in the pictures. You know where where's the blanket? Um, does she still have the earrings on? And that's a way to mm-hmm. pull their attention. Um, I also wanted this to be a book that could serve to help parents and children talk together about a difficult topic, a very difficult topic. Um, So I gave examples, even though this is a fiction story, but it's based on the collage, the accumulation of working with so many families that... um, as well as my own study and research, that it's a pretty typical story of the ways in which a very young, in this case, preschool child reacts. Um, I also, one more kind of audience for this is actually the parents. So I deliberately yes. gave situations where the young boy would, I mean, not challenge, but would show a reaction, often behaviorally, um, and then it it sets up a chance for the parents to show um, ways they can handle it. So implicitly, the book is giving some strategies for parents uh, around some of these very tough situations.
1: Yeah, I I have worked in the pediatric cancer arena, and it Mm. is not fun at all. I see parents trying so hard to balance the needs of the children and it's not an easy chore. It seems no. to me the ages of the siblings play a big role on how it is accomplished. So it varies from family to family. You know, uh, the tools that you use by one age group may not necessarily be the same tools for the other age group. And to teach parents how to successfully navigate through that process to maintain balance in the family is not easy. But this book is definitely geared to the parent and to the siblings, so it's a family book. That's how I kind of look at it.
0: That's a good way to put it. Um, I also chose to make it for um, young children and to have the healthy child in the family, Daniel, be a preschool child. There are a couple of books that talk about the impact on siblings um, who are teenagers, now, they may have similar feelings, but they also have more ability to articulate those feelings. They have more um, cognitive capacity just because of maturity to understand what's going on. Um, in contrast, the, the preschool children, the very young kids, they don't have the cognitive or emotional maturity to really understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, so they may be showing their feelings more through behavioral disruptions, through regression in maybe some of the behavioral milestones that they've um, made. Um, and so parents also have the challenge of at times interpreting what's going on for my young
1: child. You know, what does sure, it mean? And then it's, it's a tough call sometimes because, you know, in almost every family with siblings, there's a typical sibling rivalry. And of mm-hmm. course, that would be impacted greatly once a sibling is diagnosed with cancer. So the normal development of the healthy sibling is, I don't want to say it's put aside, but it, there is, it, it's not the same. It can't be, right? It, I don't think it can be um, because
0: naturally when one child is very sick, seriously ill, parent's attention is going to flow to that child in the crisis and as you go through the diagnostic period and then get the treatment regimen set up. And unintentionally, healthy children can literally be um, less attended to. Um, Perhaps they have other caregivers they're being taken care of, but they don't have the same structure and routine and nurturance um, that they're used to. And these are things that need to be reestablished as quickly as possible to take care of those kids as
1: well. And sometimes it really can get to be too much for both the parent and the child. What are some of the signs that that sibling may need more than just the normal parental love and attention but rather may need the assistance of a professional?
0: That's a good question, um and one we need to look at is uh, certainly if a child really regresses in behavior um tremendously, or uh, suppose they had become toilet trained, but now they're not toilet trained um they're making messes um in pants in the house, and so forth that might that regression might be a sign they need help um suppose they um are having um Uh, temper tantrums more than usual and more aggressively than usual. Um, They could be breaking things. They could be unable to be soothed by, you know, the normal routines and comforting that that have soothed them in the past. Um, Things like that um, would indicate to me, go talk to your pediatrician or talk to the social worker or child life specialist that may be available through the hospitals that that is treating the sibling, um, they often have teams, and they can get advice from those folks on when to be concerned and where to go and referrals and so forth.
1: And I I think that's a good point because not everyone, sometimes it's very difficult to be your own advocate or if you're in a situation like that, to be an advocate for your child and think of everything. You want so hard to do that, but you forget questions. And one of the things that I often see is that People don't realize that hospitals will offer, and it really is usually at no charge, It's at least around where I am, they will mm-hmm. offer social services so that you can have a child speak to a professional, the siblings, they'll offer you uh, even they'll be uh, seminars or places where the children can go while the parents are visiting the sick child in the hospital if, the, if there is no other caretaker for them. So it's important for people to ask that question, what other services do you offer for my family as a unit?
0: and do I you agree see that in your you. area yeah. yeah um certainly yeah um they hospitals increasingly are having programs pediatric hospitals or clinics are having programs that include attention to the siblings it might be a day a week that the siblings can come in and go to the playroom and uh, and be with their sibling if if the ill child can be you know in the playroom or something like mm-hmm. that art programs. Um, I've read about one program where um, the young siblings are given bags full of art supplies. Um, You know, creative play and art um, is a powerful um, way in which kids can act out their and express their emotions and reduce some of their anxiety.
1: But I also want to it go back be. to
0: the mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to the point you made about accessing the help at the hospitals. Mm-hmm. um I think not only should parents ask what other services are there, but I hope and assume that a lot of these programs tell them what the services are and say, you know what are the who are the siblings in the family? how are they doing um Here's some things we can do to help. Here's some resources. A lot of hospitals now have libraries where they have even children's literature, so that there are many things available. Parents need to excuse me. Parents need to. um, I'm going to say get past. I'm not sure that's the term, but that you shouldn't ask for help. This is the time to accept help um, and to seek help. Um, because
1: it's an overwhelming task. Sure. Ask for all the help you can get and take everything that they offer. And I believe that the hospitals, like I said in my area, do offer this, and they do tell the parents. But when you're sitting there, you can almost see in the parents' faces that it's just not getting through. So the reminder (coughs) needs to be almost constant that there are additional services. And, you know, the art programs are fabulous because this is very cathartic for children to be able to get out. Yeah, get out the anxiety on the paper. They may even draw, I would say, like mean pictures. If I, That's probably not the correct term, but they'll <laughs> draw pictures that are, you know, uh, it, it, the sibling is laying there and, and they're drawing horrible things on it saying, I just wish they'd stop being sick. This isn't fair. And it isn't fair, but they don't understand, you know, what, everything that's going on, which leads me to another question. How... Should the siblings be kept apprised of everything that's happening and to what extent? Another good question. Um,
0: I believe that the siblings, the, in a, even very young children, I'm not talking infants, but young children, you know, two and beyond, should be told um, on a level that hopefully they can understand um that their that their sibling is sick and needs to go to the hospital and some more details about it. Now you're not going to tell them everything. You're not going to name mm-hmm. diagnoses with Latin roots. You're
1: you're not <laughs> going to
0: talk about all the different procedures. But um they need to know. Otherwise there's going to be that elephant in the living living room and mm-hmm. they may have more fears. If they don't, if they're not given some answers, if they're not able to ask questions, uh, it, it's in some sense akin to, let's say, um, when you're telling your children about, you know, how how babies are made, you're not going to tell them when they're three or four or five about all the intricacies of sexual behavior, um, right, and so forth. You're going to tell them about Um, the mechanics of it on a level that they can understand and then ask further questions as they get older. um, They'll want to know more. I tried to illustrate that in this book by um, having the parents give an initial explanation to Daniel and to his sister about what was going on. But then as they got older, at one point I have the dad brings home a microscope so he can show cells to the children and they can talk about... Things going wrong with cells, um, so that was a learning experience for them. But if they had done that when they were initially aware of this, it probably would not have um helped Daniel as much. Um, he needed a little bit more maturity.
1: Sure, because it would have confused him more thinking, I don't know what this cell is. Do I have them? Yeah. You told me I do. Right. I'm looking <laughs> for them. And you just don't, you know, if they start cutting themselves looking for cells, you don't need that. No, yeah, you, you don't need, need to need cause that. Any, <laughs> any further aggravation. But the One uh, other
0: thing I just want to mention, because we've been talking about parents a lot, we've been talking as if or implying that there are two parents there. But in many cases, sure. um, in there, it may be a single parent home. And if you can imagine how hard this is when there are two parents trying to juggle all Mm -hmm. of this, one may be home with the siblings, one may be in the hospital staying overnight. Well, what if it's a single-parent family and the other parent isn't available? Um, It puts the burden, it enlarges the burden for the parent tremendously. Um, So they need lots of the resources that the hospitals and clinics can offer. And also using their network of friends, neighbors, and uh, extended family. Grandparents are often tremendously helpful in these situations, aunts, uncles, neighbors, friends, who can provide um, caregiving when a parent has to be away, a familiar caregiver, too, um, because
1: that will reassure um, the children. I think, too, that although your book is is specific to, you know, when a sibling gets sick and it's a pediatric type of Mm -hmm. uh, book, I would also think that this book would be helpful to parents if there's a two-parent home or even a one-parent home and the parent is diagnosed with cancer and they need to explain things to the children. You can take information from this book and use it because some of the things I mean, all of the things apply. It's not the sibling now, it's the parent, but some of the questions are going to still come up, the same questions, and then they're going to wonder what's going to become of me. You know, so I think it it can go further than just the sibling route. Would you agree with that? I do agree with
0: that. Um, They could adapt some of the ideas. I have all kinds of ideas in the back of the book that I provided, uh, ways to use the book. I've also developed... Um, a lot of strategies that parents can use to nurture um, the children in the family, Um, things that will help them uh, continue being connected to the kids, uh, even if they have to be away, ideas to provide predictability and structure, even though it's a different one, Um, ways to be honest and empathic and so forth. Um, So you're right. Um, If a parent is ill, the children especially the young ones, are often going to be confused and feel the same kinds of things I demonstrate in the book. Um, The other thing I would add to that in terms of an expanded audience for the book, while I made it a story about a little girl who has cancer and her brother, um, there are a lot of other, unfortunately, a lot of other very serious pediatric illnesses and conditions Mm -hmm. that this could apply to. I think it could be helpful to families in which... Let's say there's a child that has a chronic condition that takes a lot of the attention and time and energy um, of the parents. And so they need to figure out a way in which they can also be tending to the emotional and
1: physical and safety needs of their other children. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. There aren't a lot of books out there that do this in such a succinct way. Because it is all-encompassing, you know. I mean, granted, we're talking about a child who's been diagnosed with cancer, but there are so many. It's not a long story, and you you get it, and you can adapt it to so many different things. Whether it's a mm-hmm. parent, whether it's another, like you said, a chronic illness, because they're prevalent right now. It seems like you talk to a family, and some kid in the family has something, you know. Well, if so somebody it, has
0: you, asthma or cystic fibrosis, right? Or,
1: yeah, something that can be quite debilitating. Right, so it is applicable to all of those things now, do you think that the children of course it's probably dependent upon their age, but do you think the children of the the patient child should go to medical appointments with the parents should the sibling
0: the young siblings go to medical appointments? I think that depends on the family depends on um the developmental level of the siblings um depends on um, what's going on in the hospital. But to the extent possible, I think that having the sibling visit the hospital and know where their sibling is, um, be able to picture them there. Um, but on the other hand, let's say the child is in isolation, you know, for medical reasons, mm. so they cannot um, have visitors. Um, well, parents or, or nurses, doctors could take a, a digital picture Um and that could be given to the sibling um so even if the if the child the ill child is away for a week or more, they could be sending via these phones a picture home to the to the rest of the family every day um or showing them in um the playroom, things like that it's stuff that can reassure the siblings um, and there are lots of other ways that they can stay in touch um for instance, they can um, send drawings from the well kids into the ill child and back, depending upon, I, I guess, the you know capacity of the ill child to um, be playing and be drawing and things like that. Um, go
1: ahead. It sounded like you were going to say something. Like no, I, I, no I, I think everything that you're saying makes so much sense, and you know, it, it's amazing to me that this book is is as short as it is and succinct as it is because there's so much in it that people can gain from it. And even if it's not your own child or happening in your immediate family, guaranteed there are kids in school, there Mm -hmm. are, you know, neighborhood children. Whatever it is, if you have children, they are going to run into this because it's happening more and more, it seems, every time you turn around, there's somebody with a new diagnosis, things that we haven't even heard of sometimes, you know, new strains, and it's difficult to To traverse this area, you know, uh, kids will wonder, well, how come that person, whether it's a sibling or someone else, they'll get very scared because they'll think, how come they got sick? They were well, and then all of a sudden they got sick. What if I get sick? Am I going to get sick? What if I get sick, right? Or right. why
0: did that child get sick? Did I do something bad to them? You know, I suppose they got mm-hmm. angry at the child and had a fight with them. That uh, You were talking about sibling, um, jealousy, rivalry. Those that happen within the week of diagnosis. And the young child doesn't understand that they didn't cause this. Really young kids, say beneath seven or so, are very egocentric. They they see the world as um, whirling around them. Everything is in relation to them. So it's hard for them to understand um, the illness in its actual um,
1: facts. And it's hard, too, if... If a family gives out some information and then your child signs out and then the family is not telling their younger siblings Good that you point. are trying to help yours, what do you do about that? <laughs>
0: well, being honest and empathic with your, with your family, including the young kids, is really important. I mean, let's suppose a child isn't in the hospital but has to go off. To for treatment for chemo, perhaps pretty regularly, yeah. and the parents are feeling protective. They don't want to worry the young younger siblings, um, and so perhaps they don't even tell them how ill the child is, or that she's getting she or he is getting treatment. But yet, the child is the the healthy kids are going to pick up on the changes in the routine, or just the emotional vibes in the room. So it's really important on a child's developmental level, to be honest, and also to be empathic, um, to um, have empathy for not only the ill child but for the healthy child, um, and to acknowledge that to all the kids. Um, You mentioned, too, um, children in the neighborhood or children knowing a family Mm -hmm. like this, and certainly I can see this being used in a classroom, by a guidance counselor um, in a classroom to help um, explain what it's like for um, a child that may be out ill um, and for a sibling, maybe a sibling that's in um, preschool or or kindergarten that has begun to act strangely. It's not such a
1: happy kid that he used to be. And, you know, children don't know any better. They go by what they see happening in their home and with their sibling. And, you know, and to coin a phrase, it really does take a village. So it is important to get more people on board to reassure the healthy children that they are healthy and loved. And I would think, well, I believe that's key. It's even critical in creating a supportive environment for the family going through the challenge, even if you're not part of that family. It's still a supportive environment. That's right.
0: I mean... As I think about ways to nurture the young siblings, I've come up with a couple different things. And one of the major themes is this idea of continuing connection and affection. And that may be challenging if you have to be away um, with the sick child. But you can you can use the telephone. You can use Skype to see your, your other kids at home every day. Um, the wider network of family can pitch in and extended family can come and visit and stay with the siblings more frequently. Um, Now, Another major theme is predictability and structure. So much gets, I said upside down, I think, a while ago. So much is upside down when these situations initially occur. So you said something about, I think, um getting extra help and I agree with that but I think part of it is anticipating when when you may need extra help so have on on call if you will back up a couple people you could you could call on to come in to do extra child care if suddenly you have to be away with the sick child um, and another important thing is to maintain your family routines as much as possible Meals, play, naps, bedtime, those kind of things are part of what make us feel safe in our families. And if they're yes. all disrupted, then the younger kids, and even the older kids, the kids are going to have a harder time. So um, you you may have to say, you know, we're, we're going to be eating a little bit later. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to have dinner at 6 o'clock, not 5 o'clock. And you can draw that on a clock face and show it to the young kids um play time nap time bedtime those kind of things as much as possible keep them the same um because that will be reassuring so another one a couple more things if it's okay on just ways to nurture i said be honest and empathic and that's really important um and encouraging under that, encouraging the children to share their feelings. Um, And you may hear as a parent, you may hear some pretty tough stuff, maybe anger at the parents, anger at the sick child, um, anger at self. No matter how intense it is, those feelings, I think it's important that the parents and caregivers accept them. That doesn't mean you accept outlandish misbehavior because right. kids still need to have rules um, because those help keep them feel safe too. So while maybe you're going to let them stamp their feet or tear up a cardboard box or yell and scream for three minutes, you're not going to let them do something that's destructive to the house or to anybody in it or to a pet. Right, right. And the last, back can
1: come up. And- yeah,
0: absolutely, it does the last major area in terms of ways to be nurturing i've you know think about being playful and focused you know really trying to honor regular private time with the siblings now that may mean it's much shorter than it used to be but you can mm. still emphasize involvement focus quality cuddling things like that that will be reassuring and fun for the children um And I think going on excursions geared to the healthy child's interest, it might be a walk around the block or biking or going to the playground for 20 minutes or to the zoo, but things that really are tied to what that particular child likes to do. So they do get to be the star, at least for a bit.
1: Yes, and it's the quality of the time, you know, so if you put that into it, you know, when you are with someone and you give them 100% of your attention, that time means more than spending an hour with someone and texting and doing whatever it is you're doing and you're not paying attention to them, you know, it's crazy, but, and little kids get that, they understand that there's quality time. They tune
0: in on all of that,
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that's interesting is, and I've seen this, is sometimes when I'm talking to siblings of a patient and I'll say things, you know, they'll say, well, we have to do this at a different time. And I said, well, that's called being adaptable and flexible. And you can do it, right? Because you're the stronger one right now. So you can be adaptable and you can be flexible. And then Mm -hmm. after time, your sister or your brother can come home and you can teach them how to be adaptable and flexible. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? And they think that's cool. So they're learning something that will probably, you want to imp- hopefully, yeah. yeah, you want to carry empower these life. children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And even absolutely. if they're little, there are
0: things that they can do probably for their ill sibling. It might be a picture. It might be um, letting them borrow something, just like in my book, um, Daniel increasingly lets his sister borrow the Starry Night blanket and use it in ways right. that comfort her. Um, <laughs> So there are things that young kids can do. One caveat to that is that sometimes when parents are so overwhelmed by all of this and they're kind of melting down, um, little kids, I call them barometric. They can pick up Mm. on the emotions in parents. They couldn't explain them, but they can pick up on it. It's really important that the parents not... um, cave to letting the child try to take care of them
1: right parents
0: need to remain in the caregiver role and let the kid be the kid
1: or or you know bring in the grandparent or an aunt or a neighbor or someone who can help with it because this is the time to ask for help if you if you're one of those control people that you never ask (laughs) for help This is the time to let that go. You need to let that go because it's the oxygen mask theory. If you aren't taking care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. So you need to ask for help so that you can maintain that level of wellness so that you can continue with your child through the process while balancing the rest of the family. There's a lot going on.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I used that that example from the airlines about the oxygen mask dropping when they always say, Put yours on first before you help anybody else. It is true, um, not just in that literal sense, right? But metaphorically, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You need yep. to be taking take care of yourself. Get the help that you acknowledge that you're struggling. That's okay. We all have these mm-hmm. times, not exactly the same as this story, but we all right. have stresses in our lives and
1: challenges, health wise and family wise. It's just the way it is. And, you know, as the kids get older and they think back on their feelings that they have for their ill sibling, hmm. sometimes, you know, what doesn't come up immediately because at first it's jealousy and, and then they realize the magnitude of the situation and how they felt, guilt starts to set in. And, you know, this is an age-related thing, I think. Have you found that guilt ends up playing a major role for the siblings of the patient? Well, yes, it certainly can. Um, a, I, I think I mentioned...
0: When, let's say, a, a young, healthy child has been angry at or they got into a spat the day before, and the child can feel guilty that uh, thinking that they caused the illness. Um, if they get mad at the child after they're sick, maybe because they're getting so much attention, they can feel guilty. I have a picture in the book that you may remember where um, the little boy is, he's upset because his sister, Kate, the ill child, is getting all these gifts and attention and cards Mm -hmm. and balloons and so forth. And he's mad at her, and he yells at her. Um, But then his parents tune into that, and they help him out, and a neighbor brings him a card and so forth. It's not a time to shower the well kids with gifts, but you certainly can realize, oh, a bit more attention, a drawing, a, a note card, something that comes in the mail. Things like that can help tremendously.
1: Sure, step up the nurturing a little bit because that yes, child is feeling nurturing. left out. And yeah, you know, and, and even if you have to call in... People that, you know, neighbors and stuff and say, can you just send a card? Ask them, you know, Mm -hmm. make it. I believe in having like meetings, you know, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. at the hospital. There'll be the caretaker Mm -hmm. will come in and the parents will be there. And it's like, how's it going? How's everybody doing? How are you as the caretaker doing? Because we're all concerned about the patient. And we know that with the patients in the hospital right now and being taken care of. How are you guys doing? What are you? Because nobody's asking you. You've gotta ask the caretaker what do you need, and then, if they don't know, you have to start thinking and saying, "Okay, I'm going to help the caretaker because that's a hard job, and it's very stressful and that's you know right. and there yeah, and you know in through all of this, when all is said and done, there can be positive outcomes after pediatric cancer challenges for the parents, the siblings, the cancer patient, the, the uh caretaker, because it is a growth process where you learn. The and family
0: can pull closer together.
1: Another yeah. thought
0: I had as you were talking about the meetings at the hospital, um parents could take another set of ears with them, take a neighbor, take a grandmother, uh a sister, you know, an adult sister, someone that can listen. Um, and perhaps has the set of questions that they've come up with before the meeting um, Mm -hmm. so that if things don't get covered or if the parents uh, don't want to or don't have the ability to take notes right then, they can be the scribe, if you will. Um, That's another way to help. I think there's so many folks, when you learn of a family where there's an illness, be it an adult um, or be it a child, people want to do something to help. They often don't know what to do, but there are so many ways they can help these families Um, through, as you said, send a card, or there's the bringing of food, there's um, taking the child out for a special event, which might be a walk or a visit to the place. It doesn't doesn't have to be fancy, but things like that. Um, Food is the thing that so many people think of uh and do to help others but there's much more beyond that
1: there there absolutely is it's the uh it it's time to look and see what do they really need because if if like sometimes neighborhoods will get together and say everybody take a night and make a dinner that's and bring right. it over okay yeah. that's great that works and okay so they're all set for that but beyond that you know do you need me to shuffle the children somewhere because i'm going yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. way, and somebody needs, you still have to maintain that soccer practice or that that's whatever right. it is that, you know, little league or even cheerleading, if it's an older person, whatever it is, you need to help maintain that or help with that. Mm-hmm. And Or if you go into the grocery store, call and up and say you're needing that. Of. Yeah, give me your list. Yeah now yeah, what do you need you. you know i'll pick yeah. it up or or you see something and think oh you know what uh yeah. i'm big on holidays i celebrate everything mm-hmm. i make meatloaf on <laughs> groundhog day because it's brown and you can shake it look like a <laughs> groundhog funny. so okay you know if if you go to the store and you think okay it's a family of three and they're going to the hospital you know maybe i'll bring over like a brownies or something and mm-hmm. have a little thing with the kids something a little that, that go out of your way just a little bit it just a little bit. It won't take too much time, but the impact would probably be so huge for those children or that family. It's important to think of the other guy, you know, and how, what would you want in that situation to happen for you so that it would make life easier because it can be very, very lonely for children. Even if there are three or four siblings, they all can each be very, very lonely. You know, you can be more alone in a crowd than on a mountaintop when you're by yourself, that's so right. Another that,
0: thing that that mm-hmm. I want to mention is that suppose you have very healthy, independently playing children, kids who do well on their own, you know, building Lego mm-hmm. structures, Lincoln Log, whatever they're doing. They're having a great time. They can spend two hours doing that. But it doesn't mean that they don't need attention and nurturance and hugs. Um, no matter how healthy and independent they are, they, too, need the attention, and the nurturance.
1: Yes. It may look good on the outside, but, yeah. you know, we're all individuals, and sometimes we can act stronger because we feel we have to. We have to We have to be stronger for the parent. You know, you can be well, five years then, old and think that.
0: Part of the perhaps uh, falling into trying to take care of your parents.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: And um, the parents really need to take care of them, or if they can't do it completely themselves, get the help in that can. Um or arrange a a visit to a favorite aunt to stay overnight or something like that. Um, This is a a journey where people need to be creative and come up with ideas. And, of course, that can be taxing when you're overwhelmed yourself. So um, turning to the child life specialists, social workers, other therapists at the hospital, um, and to if there's a guidance counselor, for one of the children, they might be able to be helpful. There are so many um, resources
1: out there um, that can be And even online, you know, you can go online. That's right. There are are meet-up groups for everything. Who knows, there may be a meet-up group for people who are going through something similar, research it just a little bit, and suggest it. Uh, The only thing that you can do is be turned down and have somebody say, no, I don't want that, I don't need it. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. you can't take it personally. They're going through a lot, so, you know... That just let them put plant the seed. It may come mm-hmm. in handy down the road, you know. So and yet yeah, a book I, I, like
0: this one or something absolutely else that absolutely, can be a resource.
1: Yeah. One of the reasons yeah.
0: I like the book idea and that it's literally for children. It's not an instruction manual to parents, which right. may be helpful right. too. But this is something can be the catalyst for the conversation that needs to Mm -hmm. be an ongoing conversation. It's not something that you have once, okay, good, we talked to him about it. It's something that's going to come up in different ways probably every day, especially with young kids that don't have the capacity cognitively to really understand what's going on.
1: Yes. You know, this book, Daniel and His Starry Night Blanket, audience is written and illustrated by sally lockridge and we've got the information on the site so they can go to your site which i believe is sallylockridge.com that's what i received is that correct
0: that's correct but make sure you spell lockridge
1: l-o-u-g-h-r-i-d-g-e it's irish it's, it's on the site so you can check it out but daniel in his starry night blanket is a book a short story That can be used in so many ways to support young children during a sibling's life-threatening illness. It can help them talk about it to get a better understanding of what they're feeling. And it doesn't have to be a life-threatening illness. It can be a long-term illness, a chronic illness, as you had stated. And it helps the children to, to let them know that it's normal to feel the way that they do. You know, I think we need to cut slack to them for how they feel. They are That's children, right. and they've never had to deal with any huge life issues. And to be faced with watching a sibling as they go through these challenges can be a horror for them because there's so much going through them. It's like one really bad nightmare. So yeah, the you know, feelings the aren't right or badminton. wrong; they're just
0: they, yeah, the feelings just, just what they are.
1: are. That's yeah, one advantage of having, having
0: a resource like a book like this. That just yes. like the other kids' books that lie around the house or the child's room. This can be there accessible to the child, to the children, to go back to when they want to, to go back to a favorite picture or to ask questions or um, you know, to compare it to what they're going through. Because each family is going to have individual circumstances. Um, but it's something that's accessible um,
1: to the children. And I think... Yeah, if you do leave it out on, let's say, a coffee table or something sure. and a child, it's been read to the child, they will go back and look at it because they want to see, well, well, okay, well, how did this happen and what it, what mm-hmm. happened here? And mm-hmm. they are very inquisitive, children are. We have a lot yes, of learn Yes, they are. It's wonderful. <laughs> it exactly is, are. you know, and... They live in the present moment, and they'll go and look. They'll think things. You, We don't give them enough credit for the things that they think about at young ages, but they will go back and, you know, can you read me this again? You know, because they want to mm-hmm. understand. They want to understand what it is, and if you read it once, they might think about it. Maybe it's a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's three days. Maybe it's a month. Can you read this to me again? You know, and read it mm-hmm. to them again. And they will, and they may even ask, you know, okay, well, I really like the fact that there's a blanket. Can I have one? You Mm -hmm. know, sure. Okay, it is, like you said, a security blanket. It's, it gives them. Everybody deserves to have a safe place to go to. You know, if that's your home, your bedroom, people to talk to, whatever it is, they need that too. They're little and they can't be ignored you know so it's a wonderful wonderful book and I, i'm still amazed that you wrote it and illustrated it i think it's really cool plus all of the information in the back there are so many resources and questions and and things like that that people can look at to help them help someone go through the process
0: yeah my goal is to get it to wonderful. the families that can help you mentioned before yeah. and just say this briefly about how and i, I mentioned it too how kids can play out what's going on for them. You know, that's how they get Uh mastery is through play and through imaginative um, activities. And I was actually using art when I did my book called Rad Art, A Journey Through Radiation Treatment, to help myself get through breast cancer. So on Uh every day, 33 consecutive days that I had radiation, I had decided ahead of time I was going to do a 5-by-7-inch oil painting in less than 20 minutes. I didn't want wow. my um I did not want my left brain to kick in and have me start judging my painting. It was just mm-hmm. to be a cathartic, expressive um painting. So I did that and then I would write two or three sentences after I did that and then it kind of cleansed me for the rest of the day and I could get back to my regular work which at this point is um painting. Um I'm a f- professional painter and you know exhibit my work and um, at that point, was doing a lot of teaching as well, so that strategy of using art for myself, the process, not so much the product process right. of doing it, is the important thing, and it could be well, in this for children in the process of
1: playing out something well, I'm going to ask you this question you You made these cards five by seven you you put your art on them, you put your feelings into it, so we know that. The energy is there, and you gave them each a a little one or two sentence verbiage. That's another book, you know. <laughs> That's the one I did. <laughs> that one. Ah, I read. okay. That's, it, it does see. contain the pictures. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry,
0: I wasn't clear. No, I did that during my treatment, and then in the months after that, a few doctors, nurses, plus friends saw these this lineup of paintings, the 33 little oil paintings, and you know, said, what are these? And I explained how it had helped me. It was a private strategy. But a number of them pushed me and said, this is a book. And about a year after I had cancer, I contacted the American Cancer Society, and within a week they said, we'll do it. So they published yep. the book, and it has all of the mm-hmm. pictures in it. You can see that book Um, Both of these books are on Amazon, um, as well as on my website, sallylockridge.com. Oh, my
1: goodness. That is so great. And, again, that's sallylockridge, S-A-L-L-Y-L-O-U-G-H-R-I-D-G-E.com. Go and find that, Sally. I can't believe we're almost out of time. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know. It's been a great show. Uh, And I just just want people to know that they can go to amazon.com to buy your book, as well as, I'm presuming, local bookstores. Increasingly so to brick and
0: mortar stores. Yeah, the the uh, Rad Art one's been out for a couple years, so that's available. And increasingly, Daniel and a Starry Night blanket is getting out there in the bookstores. It's only been um, published um, for a few months, so um,
1: yes, but it's very much available on Amazon. Great for awareness, great to use. We all know someone. Check it out. Um again, Sally, thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. I truly appreciate all of your efforts and, and joining us. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I enjoyed it as well, the discussion. I hope that it reaches people
1: that it can help. I'm sure it will. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and Labyrinth Box. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at NRGAwareRadio. That's at NRGAwareRadio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. i got a roof i got
0: When I remember how I...